Hello and welcome to Winging It Podcast, episode 10, Travelling with Mike Butlin. This will be part one of two. We had so much conversation, so many stories that I couldn't chuck it all in one. So enjoy the first part and part two will be released next week. Enjoy. Uh, Mike is a university buddy who I met in probably 20, 2008, 2009. And we travelled together in Southeast Asia, New Zealand, Fiji, Australia in 2013 for six months. And we're going to talk about those experiences on record. Mike, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm great. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, no worries. This should be a laugh. Um, (laughs) Right. So we met at, let's get straight into it. We met in London, I think 2008. Both went to college. It's about 10 names was college, but I'm going to go with one, London College of Music. But it's known as Guitar X, University of West London. Tech Music Schools. Tech Music Schools. I think that's his current. No, wait. It's called Bim now, isn't it? Called Bim, yes. Yeah. So it's on its like eighth name since we left. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we met there because we both have a, a mutual passion for guitar. So yeah, I, I heard that yours has, has, has waned slightly. Yeah, I haven't played for about 10 years, mate. Because <laughs> I just lost interest, but you're still going, I, I hear. Slightly, yeah. Not at the moment, but. It's kind of tough to keep up, though, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just clinging on at the moment. And you can't really blag it. Like, you need to practice regularly. So, for me, I'm moving around quite a bit. So, it's just not really a sort of like easy thing to do. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure you still bang through Wonderwall if you needed to. <laughs> um, uh, occasionally, <laughs> I've actually got an acoustic here. To be fair, it's never going away. Um, but yeah, that, that was an amazing. That was an amazing time. Four years we've done, didn't we? Very good. Four years. years. But we were both in the same position when we finished. We never wanted to see a guitar again in our lives, I think. Yeah, if there's one thing I could say is the relentless guitaring every day does, for me, it got to me. I was like, I had enough. Um, And I find it amazing that people still, that we know, possibly still have the enthusiasm to to do that per day. But maybe it's easy to make money. I don't know. This is the thing. It's tricky to get the balance between the two. I think and I think um the one thing I tell people about my time there most is that uh, it's called LBWs that we, that we used to do every week so yeah we used to perform a song with random people on stage one time go and, and that counted towards our grade as well yeah and it's like that's, that's ruthless do you know they got rid of that now oh really <laughs> they have LPWs. I think they have three a term or something. I can't remember because I used to work there. Um, yeah. They have like three or four a term or something, but they get three or four weeks to practice them. And then they like, they spend loads of time on them <laughs> to polish them up. Cause I think they realized <laughs> it was too stressful for everyone, which it was, man. It was ridiculous. I think it was every Wednesday. I can't recall the day, but I was like, yeah, I, I was just shit myself going now, like Tuesday night. Like, have I learned it? Have I learned it? <laughs> Trying to learn it like during the lesson. I'm going last. I'm going last. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to go first. <laughs> it's always a teacher picking someone out, wasn't it? Right? Yeah, you can get next. Oh, right, going first. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd have like one or two people at first would like want to do it, and then everyone else would be like, "Oh God, no." <laughs> I remember my last year because I had a job and I had to go first. Um, because of the timings of the job so oh, that, was yeah. quite, that was kind of weird I just knew I was going up first and the problem with first is you get a, you get a run through but that could be better than your actual performance and that'd be really annoying wouldn't it <laughs> yeah you're like oh I played it perfectly and now I'm gonna like absolutely just catastrophe like everything's just gonna fall apart and you're gonna walk <laughs> off <laughs> I remember some people did you I don't want to say his name but do you remember when um one of the bassists threw his bass into Everyone watching it just walked out. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be cool. That could quite easily happen on your actual run through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember. Um, I don't know if you remember this one occasion. We we're doing Paranoid Android by Radiohead, and I was going up first. It was in the last year, and there's two parts of it. There's a rhythm and a lead part. So I was doing it. Th- I think I was doing it three times. I think like the the run through first, and then you do it twice because there's different parts to it. My first part was a rhythm, done that fine. Second part, I was supposed to do lead, but I totally forgot. So I was like in, in, in gig mode, like doing the song. I didn't even look up to the crowd, like you lot sitting there watching me. And when I finished, you, you had that eerily silence where you know someone's done something wrong. I was like, looked up and I thought, I, I thought I was a hero. I thought I played it really well. And it's total <laughs> silence. 
And then Sam, I made Sam sit up and went, oh, you didn't fancy playing a soda then, mate? I was like, oh, fuck. Right in front of everyone. <laughs> I don't remember that, but... Um, oh man I, there's so many things that my brain has forgotten <laughs> I think it's like to be honest I think some days of me doing those performances of just like my brain's just like just don't remember that because otherwise you'll never want to do a gig again yeah yeah it's, it's brutal it's brutal <laughs> yeah absolutely man oh do you remember um one guy again I don't, I don't want to say his name because I'm not sure <laughs> they want me to but um, we, there was like one point that I think one one part of the song you had to switch over from acoustic to electric guitar Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And he started on the acoustic, playing playing lovely, really good. Or he started on the electric, can't remember which one. Picks up his other guitar. I think it was the electric, actually. Starts playing. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't plug himself in. <laughs> I think I remember that. I'm trying to remember the song. Yeah, I do remember that as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh. some of those. That was... um. A very, very stress, like amazing four years, but very stressful. Very um, stressful, yeah. I think the traveling afterwards was exactly what we both needed, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think going on to that, I think we, well, I, I, I must have said to you at some point, I, I decided in 2010, 2011, I was going after uni, like I've already made my commitment to myself. So I had to like get jobs and save money for it. So I must have mentioned to you um, at some point, yeah, I was thinking about going straight after we finished after graduation in the new year 2013 and I think you just showed an interest up straight away like yeah yeah I fancy come on that trip I was like yeah yeah come along well you actually paid about I don't remember like three grand or something initially for everything that we booked all our flights everything paid all of my stuff in like June or something yeah I was I, I wasn't even working at that point I was like right I better save some money biggest job <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you were like definitely the catalyst for me. Like, um, I really wanted to go. Yeah. I, I, in from where my point of view was, I didn't really know how to go about doing it. Yeah. Well, I had no sort of. I'd never been on holiday, like traveling on my own. Like I booked holidays, you know, flights and stuff, just for a few days or whatever. But mm-hmm. the idea of living somewhere and spending all that time away, yeah, I had no no clue. Put <laughs> on relying on you. And that, what was funny is I, in my mind, before I met you and you committed to this was, I was like, yeah, I'm doing Australia, New Zealand and Fiji. That's it. But you come along and it's like, nah, mate, we should go to Asia. I'm like, where's that? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Asia, Southeast Asia. I'm like, oh, sure. And I, I, I think we went to STA Travel. That was my only, I didn't know at all really either, but it, I knew STA had done these like uh, student-y type backpackery trips. I thought, oh, that'd probably be a good place to start. Um. And when I went there and got their books I used to do, Southeast Asia, I was like, oh, yeah, mate, you're absolutely right. And then we think we just started researching that, right? And you're like, yeah, I want to go to like, Thailand and then like, Vietnam. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. So we then yeah, decided was- to do three months there and three months, my sort of like idea. Yeah, I actually remember now that the, one of the main reasons why I wanted to go to Southeast Asia was that um, one of the Top Gear episodes where they went to yeah. Vietnam. And for me, that was like, I have to go there like that looks just incredible yeah yeah that, I think that was my like the the the, the thing that I want that that experience was what I wanted kind mm-hmm. of thing like, yes yeah. I want to do like that's that would make me so happy yeah and I think uh <laughs> as soon as I was on board I was like yeah I'm on board for that but it just wasn't on my radar before you said it so um yeah I'm glad that you did because I think we had to, we're going to talk a lot about that in the, in the coming <laughs> half an hour 40 minutes but um yeah we had a great time there so Let's crack on because I want to, before we get on to Southeast Asia, I do remember at uni, I think, I don't know what year this is, so you can clear us up, but you went to Nepal and done base camp, didn't you? Yeah, um, I think it was 2010. I'm yeah, pretty sure okay. it was 2010. Um, it was, yeah, incredible trip. Um, and you went with your mum, didn't you? Yeah, I went with my mum. My mum wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, let's go. Um she's uh she's she's brilliant in that respect she loves to go she's very adventurous and like she you know she goes snowboarding she'll Mm. skydive she'll do anything um so yeah it's brilliant that we were able to do that such a good experience yeah I think I was in a pub and I think was around Easter time that you went because Easter holidays from uni I think yeah we had some drinks I think because you're going I was like oh yeah that sounds pretty cool but it's before I was in travel mode so I kind of like oh yeah Nepal no idea really, really where it is um Everest I've heard of it I know it so yeah you're somewhere near there 
But um, yeah, your trip there, because you came back and I think we obviously caught up about your trip. Um, base camp is about 5,000 metres high, right? I think. Um, 5,300 and something, I think. Okay. Yes. So yeah. where do you start? You from... start, um, so you fly from Kathmandu to yeah. a place called Lukla. Yeah. Um, and Lukla is like, um, I think it was, I think it was set up by Edmund Hillary and um, the guys, the first guys that yeah. went to Everest um, with the Sherpas like tending Norgay and stuff. Yeah. And they, I think that they established the airport there. Um, one thing I didn't know about that airport is it's the world's most dangerous airport. It's on a slope, isn't it? On a slope? It's, it's, it's on like a, I don't know what the angle is, but it's basically just a, a downhill, must be like 30 degrees at, at yeah. least straight off a cliff basically so when you, take, when you land you land with the, the nose face in the sky and when you yeah. take off you just drive down the hill off the edge of the cliff and just hope that everything works out <laughs> <laughs> that, and that is that, 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 as airplanes in a nutshell just hope it all works out <laughs> yeah but also the airplanes are tiny as well it's like maybe 13 people or something <clears> on that yeah um which is for me was amazing i loved it because it would feel a bit like indiana jones with the uh you see the pilot <laughs> just like literally in front of you in the cockpit and stuff and yeah i think the challenge for the pilots is when they get down they need to make sure they don't stall so for my for my cadet days i remember i used to do aerobatics in the plane right and they used to go up like this up to the sky and then drop and when you drop you can stall it so it kind of just cut it's like saw in the car it just cuts out so you're going yeah. down that that whiny noise you hear from a plane is when it's just going down no engine oh. So I used to do that when I was in cadet. So I know that. Um, well, you, they intentionally stored it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like full, oh like the gravity just takes you down. Like the plane's not doing anything, and then the pilot restarts the engine as you get further down. Yeah. I guess. Cut in there with one thing because that sounds incredibly terrifying. Yeah. But you're scared of swimming. Yes. Which does not make sense to me. <laughs> Now that now that you've just explained that, I was like, oh, maybe maybe just scared of other things as well. But no, it's just specifically swimming. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's deep water. I'm scared of yeah. Um, so yeah. I mentioned that because um, obviously in Asia we the, the opportunities to swim in the sea are endless, basically. Yes. And um, I had to do it on my own all the time. <laughs> yeah, and it's one thing that uh, annoys me, and I still need to sort it out because <laughs> when we go on a trip next year. I need to. Um, not not pass those opportunities out because I think it's a waste. Like you obviously saw way more on that side of things than I ever did. Um, but for me, heights is not a problem. I will do a skydive or do like aerobatic airplane. Um, yeah, I but... find that crazy, man, because that sounds so scary to me. Being <laughs> 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 in the plane with the engine off. Yeah, this guy will sort it out. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually putting my trust in that guy there to actually do it. Yeah, yeah but um, yeah, you start in luck learning. Do you literally start hiking from there, or do you go somewhere else to start a hike? Yeah, so you so you walk from there. All um, oh, right, okay. I think there are other options, but basically from there, um, there's no, you know, there's no cars, there's no proper roads or paths or anything. Well, there's paths, yeah. sorry, but you no, know, they're 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 quite small. Um, I think you could probably, if you're a bit older or you know, like have whatever issues or you're just like less able. Yeah. Um, I think you can um probably get on a yak. For a oh yeah, classic. Bit. Yeah. But I don't know whether um whether that is actually like uh how far you can get up on that uh, okay let's get you a certain point yeah I'm, I'm sure there must be people if you pay enough money mm-hmm. there'll be certain ways that you know eventually someone could probably carry you up if you paid them enough money but whether yeah. whether you'd want to do that i don't know but yeah so it's basically just walk from lookler you basically have a few different stops along the way and you don't go straight up no you go up to a peak then you'll go down up down and they slowly get like higher and so the peaks mm-hmm. get higher and the, the lowers get lower if that makes sense yeah 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 um and, and also it is it um are you carrying your own stuff like in terms of tent or are you just like got no got like a, not sure but like a, a porter guy <laughs> doing it you have a porter, yeah. yeah so um there's actually i watched the film um on netflix called sherpa i, I actually watched it a couple of days ago yeah um and it's a really good um, it's a wicked film, so it's definitely worth watching for anyone that's um, wants a film to watch. But mm-hmm. it's more about the <clears throat> to go from base camp to the top of Everest. Yeah, but you do sort of get an idea of the the area around and stuff, and the the people that work there and and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, you you carry you basically carry your own bag with your water, whatever snacks, whatever yeah. food you need, your you know your camera. 
all that kind of thing. And then your your sleeping bag, everything else is in a big bag that the porter guys carry up for you. Yeah. Um, and these porters are ridiculous, man. They're so strong. They're so fit. Yeah, they're unreal. Yeah, like in flip flops mostly as well. Yeah, I see people walking up with a washing machine on their back. You know, things like that. And you're like, <laughs> but everything has to be carried up. So whatever, yeah, no roads or anything. So yeah. everything has to be carried up even by people. And I would assume if you if you want to get it taken up by a yak, it's more expensive. Yeah, I my only experience with yaks was the Ninka Trail, um, okay. because if, if someone gets injured, um, there's, there's, you have to go back the way you came. Yeah. Um, or if you just feel like you can't do it. Um, I know, I remember seeing a few people come back as we're going up and uh, I was like, bloody hell, how hard is this? But it's like, if I can do it, anyone can do it because I'm not the fittest guy in the world. But um, I'll send someone the other day that uh, I think a lot of hikes are mental because it's like, can you do it? I'm like, I'm quite notoriously stubborn, but physically I'm not very good. So it might take me a bit longer, but I will get there and I'll hate yeah. it every moment of it until we get to the peak. But um yeah, in Nepal, when we were doing our hike to Poon Hill, um, we had a couple of um, guides, I'd call them, um, but they weren't carrying anything like that because we had, like, um, guest houses staying on, on, on the route. Yeah, so it wasn't so quite so as hardcore as you. Well, no, no, actually, we did stay on guest houses as well. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, so we, uh, I think, um, so, yeah, literally, we'd only carry just a small amount of stuff. Yeah. Um, just your water and things like that. And then you would get to a guest house. Okay. And then you would have, I mean, they were quite basic, especially yeah. the further up you go. There, I mean, there's a couple of um, lower down villages. So Namche Bazaar, I think I remember as being one of the, the places where there's quite a big um, a big village. And then there's a place called Tengboche as well, which I think, again, I think, was a place with the, um, there's a monastery there. Okay. And, uh, I remember watching all the, the monks play football and stuff and um, joining in with that, which was really fun. Um, yeah. And then just carrying on. And on the, on the trek, you, you start off and it's so hot. It's super hot. And you end up going through, through jungly parts and foresty parts. And then when you get up to where, the, um, where this monastery is, it's like a really beautiful forest of... Um, I really wish I knew what the, the trees were. <laughs> they're, they're amazing. Like it was all blossoming and really fresh and it was really cool. Yeah. Um, and you get a bit higher up and it starts snowing. And then, yeah, it's, you get all sorts of different kinds of um, environments as you go up. Yeah, I think, yeah, we found that. Obviously it starts a bit warm lower down, but as you get higher up, um, it does get very much cooler. And I think one thing that we found in the pool is how quiet it is. You know, like when you're in those treks and it's just not, literally not, you might hear a yak with a bell on it, but other than that, and some people yeah. like chatting, it's just nature around us is silent. And we yeah. love that because it's a change from the hustle and bustle of Asia, really. And like Kathmandu, for example, that I guess you went to to land in, in Nepal, yeah. complete polar opposite of like that dusty bowl of busyness going on to the hills of Nepal is quite, quite a contrast. Yeah, but then also when you come back off the hills, I found it really good to get back to Kathmandu. Okay. Um, and yeah, like, we enjoyed that, to be fair. So much. I, I found there was so much music there. There was loads of bars with like live music yeah. on, all that kind of stuff, and it was brilliant. It was such, like you say, the contrast is really cool. And then you feel like you've earned it as well. So you can go to restaurants, you can have like a few beers and stuff. Because on the way up, um, they sort of advise you to be careful what you eat, what you drink, just in yeah. case it affects your um, altitude sickness and stuff. Altitude sickness, exactly. Yeah. So I got really ill with food poisoning. Um. I had a whole day where I couldn't walk. Was that on the um, trek or was that in Kathmandu? On the trek. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, shit. That's pretty bad. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Did you eat meat? Yes. Ah, this was my yeah. mistake. So it's fine. Yeah. The further down you are, it's okay. But the further up you go, um, so say you've been walking for a day, so is the meat that you're eating has been walking through the sun for a week as well. Of course. Yeah. I think I remember, I can't remember if this is accurate, but they, um, we were told that um, you're not allowed to kill anything on the mountain. So everything okay. that, um, has come from somewhere else. And then yeah. we walk. so I didn't realize that until <laughs> I was this really dodgy meat further and further up. And I was loving life, to be honest. I was like, this is so good. I get to have all these nice meals and stuff. And then, yeah, then for the next four or five days, it was plain pasta or rice or something for the rest of the. We just ate um, dal bat all the time in Nepal, yeah. like veggie dal bat. And because normally it's all like all you can eat until you're like done. 
I'll be like, yeah, we'll, we'll smash that in every day. So that was just like one of my favorite meals. I still, it's still one of my favorite meals. Um, I think I was actually quite fussy when I went. So that was one of my first trips to somewhere I guess would be considered more exotic for me. Yeah. Like, I guess the furthest I'd been before was, you know, Spain or France or something. Yeah. Quite, um, pretty basic. So for me, like, it was quite a dramatic shift. Right. I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, also helps that we don't eat meat that well i don't eat meat that often um i mean it definitely doesn't eat meat so it kind of helps with that front because i've never had that risk um, yeah. but I, I have had that risk um in southeast asia when i had the shits for a couple of days i think we'll get to that in a bit um but yeah so just to finish off on the pool base camp well worth doing well worth doing yeah there's um yeah. we actually went up to another peak which is called kalapatar which is a bit higher and again, forgive me if I'm completely wrong on this, but um, I remember like the this when you climb up, it's about five and a half thousand feet uh, meters, yeah, a bit more. And then, but it's on like it's almost like a like an arrowhead pointing up, and you you, you okay. climb, you scramble up, and you yeah. get to the peak of it, and you can re- literally look over the edge, and it's almost a point like one or two feet wide. Oh wow! where you can get up so you can't have more than a couple of people up there at the same yeah. time and you you can really literally look, look over this massive drop on the outside, which I was amazed that, that was so much fun um which I actually think because base camp itself is pretty um it, it, when, once you get there it's not it's not the most exciting place or anything it's literally like almost like a, like an icy desert kind of bit yeah 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 uh, there's, there's, it's quite dirty there's a lot of tents left there tents and, kind and of, stuff yeah so to be honest that isn't the it's more the achievement when you get there but the rest of the trek you know it's that thing of uh it's not the uh arrival it's the journey oh yeah yeah that (laughs) classic generic saying that that is absolutely correct there because if it was purely to get there it wouldn't be worth it but if without all the stuff along the way yeah i mean i I do love that quote and i think you're right but on our trek in the pool the journey was hellish up well for (laughs) for me for me it was hellish because i was like hanging every every day yeah, physically, I was just like, um, not sick, but like, it's just uphill all the time, pretty much. And, but we got to Poon Hill, which is a peak you can do on the Annapurna circuit. Yeah. Um, it's actually 20 to 25 days, that whole circuit, but we done Poon Hill, which is four to five days of it. And Poon Hill is about 4,100 meters to the peak. And at no point during the whole trek, did you know what you're actually going to get at the end? Because you can't really see it. Because it's like, it's down in the forest or it's like you just can't get a clear view but when we got to the actual top of the platform and, and the peak it's like whoa it's like clear sky like today and it's just the Annapurna range and the snow top mountains all around I was like whoa that is incredible and that was worth it I was like ah oh. so the journey was a bit shit because I was struggling but the destination <laughs> was awesome I, I heard actually the Annapurna part is um like a lot more picturesque and a lot more sort of beautiful than the Everest Base Camp, which is, I guess, more of like a, a tick box kind of thing. Ah, uh, right, I see, yeah. I, I kind of would hear that, yeah. Yeah, for, for me, when I went, it was more just like, it wasn't like a tick, it was just like, this would be cool, this would be fun. <laughs> I was just like excited to do it. And I didn't train at all. So I yeah, thought, because I was like, I was playing football for the uni and stuff, and, and I was I was healthy and fit and stuff, but Jesus. I think it's a different level. I don't think you can... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a different type of fitness you need i think um yeah i I'd get to the end i just put my head on the table i wouldn't move for like half an hour like every day yes. i guess work finished and i just wouldn't move i think my routine was getting my flip-flops because i was fed up wearing my my sort of walking trainings and then get a coke on the go and just like chill out and and to be fair the accommodation we stayed in was normally on the next highest point so the view was like you know, like, like i say that trek i did the view is incredible every day um that's but I couldn't really enjoy him when I was walking because I was so like, oh, had to get to the next stop. Um, but I'm a downhill person. So downhill, I was absolutely loving it because like, I do downhill pretty easy because my knees don't get fucked as often or whatever. So yeah, um, yeah going downhill, you see all the hills around you in the mountains. Like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. I can enjoy that a bit more. But the, uh, the summit was, was incredible. I would highly recommend it to anyone if you fancy doing a four or five day hike. The, the only mayor coming back down was we, we got a bus from... The like local town when you get down after the trek, I can't remember what the town's called. Back down into Kathmandu, like you get to get two buses, and the first bus there wasn't a seat for me. I was like, oh, for God's sake! I've been no. trekking for like five days. I had to stand up on the bus. I was getting really emotional about it, like proper emotional. <laughs> and what did 
so tired. It's it's so easy to get emotional, isn't it? And yeah, like, yeah, like hundred percent. And I was like kicking off at people, and I was like getting a bit loose. <laughs> and then what didn't help is there's on there's along a cliff, and I could see out the left window. He nearly went over the cliff, and I think even everyone on that left hand side knew, and they couldn't watch. There's praying it didn't go over the edge, and Emma was like shitting herself. Was like. Yeah, like what the hell's going on there? It's like, I think he's that he's that close to the edge. I'm like, oh god. You definitely didn't have a seatbelt, so you were <laughs> yeah. in trouble. Oh, but other than that, yeah, it's well worth it. Um, I, I just quickly the the food there. Oh my god. On, on uh, I don't know if you had Momos. They were yeah, we done a Momo course, mate. Yeah. Did you? I mean, Takara, yeah. <laughs> favorite foods, like literally since then. I don't know if it's just like the experience and the the memory and all that kind of stuff and the smell and everything, mm. but they whenever like whenever i have them i'm just so happy it's awesome i love them. they're probably my favorite foods probably top five in asia i love momos especially um i like them fried yeah yeah 100%. um steams are, steams are great but fried of course but we done a um, so after that trek we had a few days in Bukhara and we before Kathmandu, so we done a momo cooking course nice. so, yeah that's pretty sick that sounds great i'll send you the recipe if you want oh, yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. the sauce as well, man, the Momo sauce, jeez. Yeah, that sweet, orangey, tangy sauce, unreal, <laughs> unreal. Anyway, let's get to Southeast Asia, so the main bulk. Yeah, so we flew into Bangkok, and first thing Bangkok. I was like, I was like, what the hell is the smell? What the hell is this heat? What we walked into it? You remember that? Like, I think we got in quite late, actually. Very late. We didn't, luckily, I think you checked beforehand, and you were like, it should cost us about a tenner to get into town. Yeah. Um, that was all we knew. <laughs> yeah, the rest was just make up as go along. We don't know how much is the tenner. I think we had two nights booked at Love D, and that was it. I, I don't think yeah. we really had anything else apart from a flight out of Southeast Asia. So that's like three months. We'll just wander around, see what we can do. Yeah, we knew we had to get to Vietnam, didn't we? Because we had a we had a visa booked for Vietnam. Ah, of course, yeah. Like limited for a month, and we had to be there for a certain date, and then yeah. leave by a certain. Date. Um, so and I think, I think that, the first day we got scammed, didn't we? I think. I think definitely tried to. I'm not sure if we fell for it. No, I think we walked off in the end, but we tried to get. Yeah, there. I think we were very close <laughs> to like handing over money, and yeah. then I think we just like I I don't remember which one of us was like just let's wait a minute this is ridiculous like, can we just <laughs> <you>. give it a <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure it was me as well i just didn't yeah. want to <laughs> no, <that's you. laughs> i was just going along with it i was like oh it's just part of it um, you know, it's fine. This, is, this is fine this is normal <laughs> yeah it was especially because like when you've not been to the like for me it was very much like i never really been i've been on holiday with my mates but you know to european places where everyone speaks english it's not everyone's looking to scam you and stuff. You're not yeah. standing out as really obvious target. Yeah. Whereas there, it's like you've got an arrow, like a target painted on your back, and like, <laughs> all right, right, cool. <laughs> come, 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 take something from me. We tried to get to the river, didn't we? I think to get the river. Yeah, boat. that was on a river boat. Um, and we were trying to find the the sort of like the public one, you know? Yeah, like yeah. A, Has an orange flag. Equivalent of the tube to the river. Yeah, the orange flag. <laughs> I think I, I vaguely remember some some people from that, that sort of told us which way to go and stuff. Yeah, I don't actually know what what made us go on that tuk tuk, but we got told to go down Salem Road, I think, towards the river. But we somehow got sidetracked yeah. to a to a tuk tuk. It's it's the politeness. It's the initial. <laughs> you don't want to say no to anyone, and then yeah. within a couple of days, you're walking around just the most unapproachable face on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's the most of... rudest I've ever been. Yeah, I'm like, absolutely. no, not interested, mate. Keep walking, but it's hard to get used to. It is definitely hard to get used to. Um, but it's, I think it's, it's a good learning curve as well. <laughs> you learn yeah. to get out like your own because if someone comes up to you, say, say in London, um, you also are a bit wary. Yeah, but generally you sort of want to help them. If someone starts asking you, "Oh, do you want to get in my car?" You be like. <laughs> No, of course I don't. Why would I do it in Bangkok? But I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it, it 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 opens your eyes to how naive and stuff you can be. Um, and I think um, yeah, when you said yeah, something like right here, yeah, it's like oh, do you know what? I think you're right. I think we just um, told them in those certain terms that I don't know where you're going, mate, but we're not 
we don't want to go to where you're going. I think we just walked off in the end. Did he want us to take us to his um, his mate's uh, suit making shop or something? I think it's a shop. I think he had a private boat for us as well. I think it was on on the cards. <laughs> we could have ended up with a new like tuxedo and a private boat and no money. First day in Bangkok, yeah. First day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave next day. Take that off. <laughs> um, I do remember the first meal we had though. Though we went to really, I don't know, it was just a restaurant around the corner from the hostel, and I think I had a curry and it had pineapple in it. And at the time, I was like, Jesus, what is this? But it was one of the best things I ever tasted. Yeah, I think I had a green curry, I think. And yeah, I, was loving I had it. a red curry. It was amazing. Yeah, and that's, yeah, so I was going to talk about Love D because that was just around the corner from Love D. And we yes. met an unbelievable amount of people there. Um, yeah, people that we, we were in contact with for the rest of the time. Uh, even into, do we, do we in other places as well? I, yeah. I've met, um, well, I've kept in contact with some of them, but we yeah. did meet some of those people uh, in New Zealand as well, I seem to recall. Yeah, so it was like, it was for the whole, the six months, we were sort of meeting people that we'd met in this one hostel that was incredible. Yeah. And I think on my, so after Australia, I, I went to Canada and we met two girls called Alex and Steph. And we went to that Tiger Park, right? In um, like two yeah, hours yeah, north of Bangkok. But I met those guys in Canada as well because I got stuck in Toronto. So I had to get, had, they sort of put me up for like two nights every weekend. Um, wow. so yeah that's that's pretty cool but that tiger thing I had the shits yeah. that day because I, I think I had a 7-Eleven toasty those cheese chicken toasties grim they were 20 feet or something <laughs> yeah I didn't tell it's you so or the girls I was like I can't <laughs> tell them I can't tell them and I was going to the toilet like, pretty much most of the night you, you might have been aware to be fair um, and I was praying like next morning it just wouldn't it wouldn't be there on our trip up I knew it was going to be a two-hour drive. And I was like, oh, this, this needs to go away. So I had no drink, no food for like since that started until we got, I think, to the Tiger Sanctuary. I think must have been 12, 15 hours. Very, of nothing. very hot, I remember. you. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that, actually? I'm keen to get your reflections on that because we're a bit older and wiser now. And I think animal cruelty is is definitely something that's definitely more in the media now and I think looking back I, I still can't really decide if it's legit or not yeah I think firstly you you dealt with the uh the shits pretty well because I didn't notice <laughs> you, weren't, <laughs> you weren't complaining about it or anything so that was pretty good of you so I was... think we had a we had a 45 minute first initial bit again out of Bangkok it takes ages because it's so busy and we had a stop break I think you got some petrol and I had a toilet and I was like I had to go and I ran in and that, that, that's the last one I'd done and after that I was fine yeah so that was a saving grace that little stop yeah but the the tiger place man like so obviously at the time I but neither of us actually knew anything about it and we'd only we met those girls before the night before we left basically the day before didn't we yeah the day before like two days before maybe yeah two days before like, yeah. I'll come to this place it'll be fun blah, blah. so we went along um and I think we, we did talk about it at the time while we were there, like, is this cool? Is this okay? Yeah. This seems a bit weird, like, um, but at the same time, there were some really good things going on. Well, it seemed there was really good things going on in terms of the conservation stuff where they had a huge, completely separate area yeah. Yeah. for the wild tigers and stuff. Um, so it's sort of, on, on the face of it, seemed to balance out really well. Um, and the idea that, you know, you you have a certain amount of tigers that are sort of, I guess, the unlucky ones that have to work, yeah, work. so that the other ones can be um, wild. Um, because I, I'm pretty sure in terms of deforestation in, in Thailand, that there's going to be no room for wild tigers left yeah. in a very, a very short space of time. Yeah, 100%. No matter what the government does now, it's not going to stop. Yeah. Um, so the idea is either they're there or they're not there at all. And it's very hard to get a good, um, like where, where the moral high ground or whatever. High ground is, yeah. where, where is it? Where is it? For me, I wouldn't go again, 100%. Yeah, I wouldn't because um, when I was given a tiger, a full chicken to eat, it, it was almost like he wasn't even aware I was there. Yeah. I, I don't even remember, but I was holding it. I don't know if you've done the same, but. I was like, okay, he's not really aware that I'm holding a chicken, but he's munching away and he's getting close to my fingers. I'm like, 
is he going to be aware that that that's my fingers on that chicken, or is he going to keep munching? And I got, yeah. you know, I freaked out and I had to drop it because I got he got too close to my hands. Um, <laughs> but he was kind. Of, I think he was on a leash. I think um, because they were he could run off. I don't know. They were like they were the sort of teenage age tigers, weren't yeah. they? The ones that were eaten and. Um, they were they were incredible. <laughs> they, were, they were amazing, and the ones that that were that were playing in the the pond and stuff at the end, yeah, were amazing as well. Um, but the idea that that yeah, just going back to the the thing, the idea that that's the only way for them to survive is really sad. Yes, hundred percent. Um, and I'm sure that if people made the effort, there would be a lot of better ways of doing it for mm-hmm. sure. As an experience, it was incredible. So if you took all that away, it was amazing. Well, yeah, I think we'd start playing with the tigers at the pool at the end, like with a stick, with a carry bag yeah. at the top. I mean, and they just jump up and grabbed it. I'm like, this this huge target is literally in front of me grabbing this. I'm not sure if I'd be brave enough to do it now. Or like, no, no, I was a bit fearless back then. <laughs> I think you have like, I think after we'd finished uni, we had sort of a, man, I don't even care, just get on with it and see what yeah, happens. Yeah. Like, Whatever happens down the road is fine, kind of it's thing. Not, it's not LPW, is it? Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> but yeah, that place was um, interesting, definitely. But yeah, um, I'm not. I definitely think now, being a bit older and a bit more aware of things, it's yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go. Aware of like when people have to justify something to you when you go, then maybe yeah. there is a problem there. So like, rather than being like, oh, okay, he's justified it, so it's all right. Actually, why does this guy need to justify this? Yeah, to me? that border <laughs> trading guy who was there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I definitely, obviously, I can't take it back. Take it back. We've done it now, haven't we? So, I guess yeah, exactly. we can relay the experience on. Um, exactly. And hopefully, it means that those places at some point won't be needed, won't be necessary. Hopefully, I'm not too hopeful, but you never know. Never know. Bangkok, though, um, Koh San Road, smashed that in. Oh um, for, for a few nights um, I think we went out with like, a huge group of us there's like the two girls that we mentioned I think there's some Kiwi lads Damien Ferdy I think there was uh, yeah. Serena and Harriet from UK very good at remembering the names man yeah I think there was a, a few more uh, Elise yeah. uh, Mike do you remember Mike who we went to the Grand Palace with yeah um, he, he, yeah oh yeah, my god he, it, was, it was so good yeah so good there must have been about 10 of 12 people there during the whole week that we were there and um yeah we I think I've told the story once already on one of my podcast episodes but we went to the Grand Palace and I think we went in shorts and I still don't know if it's a scam or not but the, the guy at the front of the gate said no you can't go with those mate you need to go you need to go across the road and buy some pants we're like oh is this just another scam because we, we we tried to get scammed a few days before do I believe this guy anyway we went across the road and bought some and actually they lasted for like three or four years so it wasn't actually all that bad yeah, um, they were. They, I, I think that was a real thing, though. I've got a vague. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember from there. I remember being a girl coming up to us with a camera, and being like, "Oh, photo, photo, photo," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll take it for you." And she said, "No, no, no, with you." And I was like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> and quite a lot in like Bali and a few other places where like people would come up with their kids and like put them near you so they could take a photo with you and stuff, and that like. Yeah, that it's a bit strange. Like, what? <laughs> What's going on? The kid's crying. He doesn't want to be anywhere near. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that uh, me and Emma had that in the pool, but we had this, this girl with a picture of both of us. And I said, nah, mate, just, just go on Google and get a photo because what's the point? You don't know us. And she got really annoyed oh, with us. I was like, none of it. I was like, I can't be asked anymore. Um, oh, it's okay. one of those things you have to get used to. Yeah, and you do get used to saying no, I guess, as well. Yeah, you, you got to be comfortable saying no. Like, yeah, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so we had a great first week in Bangkok. We done loads of stuff. Uh, Koh San Road, yeah, yeah we, we had a, a night out there. We done a ping pong show. We won't go into that again because I've described what the experience of that in another podcast. Don't need to talk about that. I think you missed something out about that though. Oh, gone in. What did I miss? Even if you remember, um, you were at a few drinks, and I think at one point you managed to sit on the back of your chair. And fall through a big, big, big stack of other chairs as well, taking down quite a lot of things. Do you remember that? I think I I said in the podcast that I sat on the table and I spilled everyone's drinks. 
Oh, I thought you'd missed it. I just remember that you just collapsing through all these like rows because it's all these rows of folding chairs. Wasn't <laughs> yeah. It? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's talk about it anyway because uh, as we're here, yeah, I think I do recall that the chair was a bit too small for my weight, and I've obviously got it totally <laughs> wrong, and I stacked it in front of like I guess you lot and the whole chair and drinks went everywhere. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a highlight of that whole night, I think, of, in terms of the the ping pong show. Um, yeah, yeah, that was that's great. It was. I mean, I'll be honest. I was excited to go because of, like people, everyone that I told I was going to Thailand was like, "Oh, you have to go to this. You have to go to this. You have to go to this." Yeah. I think within a, a few minutes, we were like, feel a bit uncomfortable. "Yeah, very uncomfortable." Um, you know, the the I don't know if you remember when we tried to leave, or when we did leave, it was a bit. It was a bit dicey, sort of trying to get out. Yeah, I said on the podcast that it, it, the atmosphere turned a little bit sour. I think because yeah, might we be tried. No, but yeah, we tried to give some money to some of the performers, and they got sort of taken away from the guys that own it. And then we said, "No, we had enough here. We're going to go early." Yeah, and it got a bit edgy, didn't it? I think. Yeah. End. Luckily, it was a lot of us. I'm not sure I would have wanted to go with like two or three people. It might have been no. Like, yeah, there's like ten of us. I think it maybe something like that. But... There with your girlfriend or something, or like just two. Yeah, so that was a, a thing that I would not do again. No, again, taking off all the things that you don't yeah. want to do. But you're learning. It's, all, it's about learning as well, because yeah, yeah. I guess even though we were, I mean, I was quite old, but very immature when I went. <laughs> and you're, you're younger than me, but I guess we were sort of the same level. Of immature, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, just a bit older. But it does sort of, like people say it changes you and I don't think it changes you like immediately or anything but I think no. you have the experiences and then you maybe a year later you've a similar kind of thing will happen maybe not in exactly the same way but you're like hold on <laughs> I've got a little sense in the back of my head that says this isn't good let's leave this alone just because yeah. you can do it doesn't mean you should do it true very true I I think think to learn that as well reflection periods are key but that only happens that reflection period like four or five years later uh, even Absolutely, yeah even yeah. near the time, I was like, yeah, yeah we haven't done this, and it's cool. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. could do that. People, but, people say like, oh, yeah, like they get back from traveling or something, and then suddenly they're a different person. It's not true at all. No. Nah. Like, unless you were like, I mean, you might get more adventurous or something like that, mm. or you know, the food you eat and stuff like that, which definitely happened with me. But in terms of actually the person that you are, I'm not sure. It does take a little while to settle in, like you said. Like, yeah. Could four or five years, definitely. I think even by the time I went, but I will say the time I went, after Australia, so that would have been a year after, uh, 15, 16 months afterwards. In South America, I was a little bit wiser, I think, and only a tiny bit, maybe not as, not as immature, <laughs> should we say. <laughs> but that, that changed with a year. I think you just get big experience, like living in a different country, different people, um, yeah. dealing with like, different relationships and like work and stuff. Just, I was like, the first time I was like, oh, yeah, even a year ago, I was like, I've done that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely some questionable things that um that like uh i think we'll get onto it a bit later but when we were in um uh, vietnam i think it was some, oh, of the, some of the nights out and stuff where... <laughs> yeah i've got i've got a night out plan planned for the conversation in about 10 minutes time so we'll come to that in a minute <laughs> so yeah we went east because i think after i remember seven days in we're like man we need to leave here because we're, we're kind of addicted to like the hostel and the lifestyle in Bangkok a little bit I'm like we need to get a move on so we went to Cambodia and we've done a few things there we've done that um weird train thing um what was it like the bamboo train remember that yeah that was amazing that was really I, I think we were very lucky to get to do that weren't we because I, I don't think it's there anymore I think it's still going actually I think they might just like oh, okay. I think it's, it's a tourist thing now but um they were talked at the time they were gonna close it down I think yeah so they rush, kept yeah, we rushed to get there, batting bang, I think it was, and then jumped yeah. on this um, weird train where you sort of like help it go along the tracks. A little bit of, it was like basically a pallet with some wheels, even, well, some train, I don't know what they're called on the train, wheels, I guess, but I'm sure they got a special name. And then like the guy behind, the guy driving has basically got a bit of wood. I can't remember if we drive it or not. I just remember us helping lift the train off the tracks because another, another guy came on the, like, the other way. Yeah, like, so oh. only- he's like get off yeah <laughs> there's only one track going and you have to get on and off and there's yeah. big trains in there as well so yeah. if you get you have to get on and off quick if you need to but the, the brake I remember was just a piece of wood that you push down onto the track yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> which was great um and then- yeah, it was kind of like a, a train ride to nowhere wasn't it we just kind of went to a random village and then went back yeah I, I do remember like some dodgy bridges as well 
yeah. not too high up, but they were scary. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, um, I'm, I'm okay with heights, but I don't want to fall down to water. I'm not okay um, with heights, to be honest. So <laughs> that's so, a random thing that we did. Yeah, it's totally random. It was it was great fun though. That's one of the things that I like most about because I had no idea that that was even a possibility. And I think yeah. I'm pretty sure it was somebody told us yeah. um, about it. One thing you missed actually was the. Um, do you remember the um, the border crossing? The border crossing. Jeez. Ah, uh, yeah. Warned in advance that there was some like dodgy one set up like one or two miles away from the actual border, and that people would just ask for your money and they would have guns and stuff. Yeah, and I think the bus driver drops off a bit early, and we're like, oh, okay, like literally there, and we had yeah. to walk the rest of the way. Yeah. To- border but like you have to you have to walk past these guys that look really official more official than the actual border post look yeah they're like they had machine guns i'm sure they had machine guns or ak's or something they had some yeah. kind of weapons just com- no no just completely ignoring <laughs> them. and like, that was so scary and 100 percent, if we hadn't been warned about that we would have given them money 100 percent, oh, and then we would have got through, the, been- through the fake border as the real border and then we would yeah. got to the real border and been like annoyed and then and then, like, then arguing with the real border. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, I just paid this guy. I do remember from that, though, that we, the group of us weren't really sure. Like, we were still like, oh, like, where do we go here? Mm. And I think we walked past those guys and we still didn't really know where to go. And then we said, oh, fuck it, we'll trust someone. And that, do you remember that guy coming through and said, look, no, I've got, I've got your taxi the other side to, to see yeah. him reap. We're like, oh, do we believe this guy? I think we got fed up. But like, oh, we'll just trust this guy. He goes, yeah, come with me. And we got through the real border. And to be fair, we paid him some money and the, the taxi was there the other side. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. so he was legit. We went with another couple as well, didn't we? Yeah, they didn't pay us, did they? No. <laughs> <laughs> <Wank is. laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, I think they're finished. I think from Finland. And <laughs> we got in the car like, oh, yeah, we ain't got any money. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> Classic. <Cool. laughs> yeah. Um, do you remember as well in the passport... Um, place when we had to go through there's a huge it wasn't even a queue it's just a mess of people mm. and we had to put some cash we didn't have to but someone was like oh if you put some cash in your passport and hold it up yeah call you forward. and we did that and like literally they just like drag, it was like one or two dollars or something it was like yeah hard. yeah classic tip but yeah it's uh that was for me that was like something that stuck out for me a lot um it's just one of the experiences that never happened anywhere else would it no like a fake border i can believe it like they built a fake border unreal and the real border was just like a like a like a shed he was like a general or something absolute chances mate absolute chances and then yeah i i, I think we actually got away with that because i think that guy that we sort of trusted in the end was kind of legit so i think we yeah we uh, did get very lucky with that and we got a the tax driver didn't say one word. He just took straight to see him, uh, see him reap. Um, yeah. And, and then, was, yeah. Really nice hustle there, didn't we? Yeah, we stayed in a guest house and then a hostel. Yeah. And in the guest house, we'd done the Anchor Wat, which is definitely worth talking about. Anchor Wat at sunrise. That was amazing. That was incredible. By that lake, 4.30, maybe 4 a.m. start. I can't remember what time it was, but um, I put a post up the day. I was like, oh, do people prefer sunrises or sunsets? I'm sunset because I hate getting up. But... <laughs> That sunrise was definitely the best one that we've been to. And we got, I think, our first proper photo, really, like, on the water and caught in the background. Yeah, because someone, I think someone told us, like, oh, yeah, if you get a picture here, it looks yeah. sick. Yeah. Like, um, this is the spot. This is the one spot where you get it. <laughs> <laughs> it great. Do you remember that... when we walked in to Angkor It was completely dark. Yeah. And then on the way out, turned out the bridge, we, we didn't even know we were walking across the bridge, I don't think. But it turned out it was, like, not even, like, I don't know, like four meters wide, but with water on either side. We had no idea. I don't remember that. No, I remember it just stuck in my mind that like we're just walking completely blind in the night, just following people. Yeah, like, obviously we're walking the right way, but I just remember thinking we just ended up in that river, just <laughs> going around it. It's my worst nightmare. And then I do remember the whole day very hot, so all the different temples, and then we had a bit of a mare because. Our tuk-tuk driver said, I'll meet us at like 12.30 or 1 <laughs> at this place. And it's like full of 1,000 tuk-tuks. I'm like, I don't know what this guy looks like. <laughs> Literally 1,000 tuk-tuks. And they, uh, all the tuk-tuks are like so similar. Yeah. And then the, we did find him, didn't we, in the end? But I don't the know, end, yeah. Did he find us or did... I can't really recall, but I was getting hungry and I was getting annoyed. Yeah, because we, we left early. And I think we just had some fruit or something before we left. Yeah. 
Um, but the, the actual temples were so good. And I'm sure it's probably not going to be good for the long run, but the fact that you could just climb over them or walk around and go wherever you wanted, mm. I think that added to it so much. You can still do that because I've been back with Emma since and uh, yeah. still the same. Um, I, do, I do recall some of them being off limits now, maybe more than when we went, which is good. Um, but yeah, we, we mean, went back. Quite dangerous, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, you can still climb to the top of them, like you just fall over the edge. Like, yeah. And really, really smooth stone on some of the steps and stuff like yeah. that. Because I, I was a bit, I was because of my like fear, not fear, but like when I'm a bit tired, the height thing sort of comes to me a little bit. I remember sitting near the edge and being like, nah, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> myself back. and you were just like chilling, like super cash. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the steps up are really steep as well, like too yeah. steep for your feet. If you've got like big feet, it's a nightmare. Um, <laughs> I don't. <mind. laughs> yeah, you're right. But for me, I was like, oh, this is a bit stressful going up. But once you get up there, it's fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we went back to the same lake, not, but we didn't go to sunrise. It wasn't as busy. Like, way quieter. I don't know if we went at a different time of year. I don't know what's going on, but way quieter than when we went. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it was. What, it's so huge isn't it so once you're kind of yeah. in there it's it's not too it, even if it's busy like there's so much to explore and to because it's a proper town isn't it it's basically like a town yeah yeah old town yeah i remember it being busy but like not so much that you couldn't go where you wanted you know? yeah you never true or anything or, but some people like, spend three or four days there like over the course and do all the temples but i think after we must have done six, seven hours. We're like, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, good for us. Enough, Especially as we've been in Bangkok as well, and we'd spent quite a lot of time looking at temples there. Yes, I think we were templed out at that point. <laughs> but back to the guest house. I remember smashing in two coats. I was that thirsty, but just a random fact for you. Um, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I, do I, I, I do now. I've got a water here. <laughs> <Are you? laughs> yeah. But back then, uh, I just drank Coke two or three times oh. a day, whatever it was. Yeah, you did, I remember. <laughs> I think I lost a tooth because of that, so um, I've learned my lesson. <laughs> uh, we then went to the Killing Fields. Yes. Um, in Phnom Penh. Incredibly um, so. Just quickly in St. Reap, yeah, we had a night out on Pub Street, just to finish that off. Pub Street, bars everywhere. I think we had a night out. Met a random guy called Dean, remember him? Dean, I played Dean, acoustic guitar. Still Dean on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, still got on Facebook. He's still there, rocking the St. Reap lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was a great guy though. So I'm, I'm sure I'll be honest. If if anyone goes there, I'm pretty sure you meet him. Yeah, he's he's, he's quite semi well known in that area for just doing gigs. I think so. Yeah, bald headed Manchester bloke loves a guitar. You can't miss he's him. Bad, I think. Bad. Yeah, a couple nights out. Can't remember that too much about it. Got quite boozed up. Yep. And then <laughs> yeah, Phnom Penh. Phnom Penh. Wow, we had a bit of um. Well, we, it was great, but we also had a bit of a nightmare, didn't we? So it started off really well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, well, so we went to visit the Killing Fields and the um, the prison. Yeah, S21. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, I mean, awful. But oh. so the amount of stuff you learn from it and the, we were walking through those Killing Field places and you scuff the floor and there'd be like bits of bone oh, yes. on the floor Just and stuff. And a bit grim. Very and grim. Very and grim. I, was saying, I was saying, I think I told someone the other day that Southeast Asia is like 95% fun, as in like you're doing loads of super shit. But that 5% where it's a bit sobering is probably just the killing fields and the the, the prison, I think, and amongst a few other bits and pieces. But yeah, that's a yeah. sobering morning, I think. Yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't helped by when we left. <laughs> the tuk-tuk driver asking if we wanted to blow up a cow. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, an, with a, what was it, a rocket RPG? Yeah, RPG, I think we do like... And then shoot some chickens with an AK. Yeah, AK-47, you can do blow up tanks, or I don't know what you can do, but chickens, cows, a whole lot. I think and we you kind should of, ask people before they go. Before, yeah, bad, bad marketing there, because after you hear about the Khmer Rouge killing babies with their, like, mass murder, I don't want to go and shoot a chicken. So, Absolutely. Um, um, and also, the I, I think we didn't say that, the cave, do you remember the cave? Oh, my God. Yeah, where I, they, were, where they used to push people off and just leave them there. They'd like, yeah, it wasn't to kill you, but you'd like break your legs. Yeah, I remember that. Like, oh my god, what's just, what, a, just human the, beings? Like, <laughs> and it's it's just a place in the forest with yeah, yeah, it's madness. Like, 
that was yeah i mean as much you can learn you can learn a huge amount of history as well just by mm. going to those places you can read about you can watch a film or something but actually go into there and like seeing it you're like that is a tree where this happened i'm not going to say what happened because it was pretty awful yeah <laughs> so, yeah let's not bring it too um, too badly very specific things were like whoa they were crazy it's, it's such and it's such a like you said it's 95 percent fun and then when it's when it hits you you're like oh my god what because <laughs> you've gone from such a high to suddenly like oh jesus this whole yeah yeah it, it was it was that bad that um so when me and emma traveled southeast asia she flipped our next stop from nepal was to southeast asia but she went two days early to Phnom Penh and I was like, no, I'm not doing Kid and Fields or Prison Again. I just can't, can't yeah. deal with it. So she went a bit earlier, like I think two days before and checked out Phnom Penh on her own. Um, but yeah, I just didn't want to do it again. I thought it was just too, too yeah, gruesome. You, you know, to finish off on that, everything is bad in terms of mass murder. But when it happens to babies and children, you think it's just a different level. Like these guys yeah. have no idea what's going on. And you're just like, ah, oh, this is a bit grim. No need to go into details, but um, yeah, yeah that was sure it. Look it up or anything when you could. Yeah, I think people, if they do go to Cambodia, it is worth doing. Um, hundred percent. One of the best things, like best in in history. Yeah, in learning stuff. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. Um, we had um, the nightmare part of it was that the king died. Yeah, that's a bit of a mare, wouldn't it? Someone no, told us to get out. We had to have. We had to get out within a certain amount. Within less than. 24 hours to get out of the country yeah otherwise everything would be closed basically everything was being closed for like five days yeah no music no, no music, shops no just morning so i think life now it seemed like a terrible thing for five days of that yeah <laughs> but, I, don't, I don't have a smartphone then so i don't know what i've done but um yeah exactly <laughs> it's travel question time I've got some quick questions for you. Um, yeah, it'd probably be like, I reckon maybe in two episodes of that, I might chop and change it around, divide it up. Um, but I've got some quick fire questions for you. It's just a, you can't really think about them. This is what comes naturally to you. Um, they're your favourite things pretty much. So let me get that. And this could be anywhere, not just on our trip. This is like your whole experience of travelling or going to places. What's your favourite beach that you've been to? Favourite beach? Wow. Okay. Oh, that's tough. Jesus. Or a country that's got country your favourite beaches in it. <laughs> I, I think actually maybe in Goa. Oh, nice. I think because of the, like the, um, it's got a really cool, like rickety shack kind of things. Yeah. To like on different levels. And you can basically just go, take up like, walk up the couple of ladders to the top one just chill there the whole day like read um the guys come up bring you like menus for food for drinks and if you don't have to move it's really chill it's it's amazing and yeah okay although sorry i just remembered fiji as well oh yeah so <laughs> it's tricky yeah it's tricky <laughs> yeah, you got two yeah, two um this might be a bit random what, which country has your favorite coffee be honest i love it in london <laughs> i really like the coffee here absolutely fine absolutely fine favorite city that you've been to i think either Kathmandu, yeah bangkok or san francisco okay I think they're very different so i can't I start, i'm really bad at these questions because i'm like but what am i feeling what, what, what <laughs> am I feeling? How, how happy am i what, what like, yeah. all the all the like variables but so i just give a couple of answers so i don't do that okay i'll, I'll take it i'll take it um this might be an obvious one your favorite track uh yeah uh yeah. to uh base camp yeah base camp yeah although i'm supposed to, i was supposed to be going to um machu picchu this year i was oh, supposed yeah. to be going last year but what track you booked onto? Uh, Trail or Salcantine? Inca Trail, yeah. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, that's a. Uh, doing it. Tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, just I, lo- I, it's lot of steps. Yeah, lot of steps. Um, but yeah, this isn't happening. It didn't happen last year and it's not happening this year. So. Oh, but you'll love it though. Um, be right up your street. Maybe. This is a tough one. Favorite country to travel in? I'd actually probably say Thailand. 
just yeah. because of the, the variation and all the things you can do and the different things it's got. It's got everything you could want to do. Yeah, that's cool. Um, favorite party place? Maybe Bangkok. Yeah. Maybe nice in Bangkok, yeah. Uh, there's lots of individual ones that were really good, but I think in terms of like every time we went out there, it was amazing. Yeah. And even if it's just a city night out, it's every time was great. And also, yeah, uh, unbelievable nights out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I th- I'd say that. Okay. What's your favorite landmark that you've been to? I think it might be um, Angkor Wat. Yeah. I thought you might say that. It's up there, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Favorite cuisine or food? As in per country? I've gone, Indi- I've gone India because I've been there, but Nepal was close for me. Nepalese food is great. I love Thai food. I order Thai yeah. food. Okay. Um, I might say Thai actually. Yeah. Your favorite high adrenaline activity that you've done? I, I guess it would be the bungee jump. It's probably the most. I remember watching that. That was a. <laughs> you did. You, you did not fuck about on that. Some people, some people are like, oh, I've got to jump over the edge. You're like, no, I'm going. All I was thinking was I wanted to get a good, like, good picture, nice, like, nice wide arms, like, like I, like I wanted to be doing it. Yeah. I didn't want to look like I didn't want to be doing it. I was like, I want this to look like I am on this. Love that. Love that. Uh, if you'd live in a country, where would you live? Oof. Oh my gosh. These, these are tough, man. Jeez. Oh, mate. Uh, oh. I like to live in the country. I, I, to be honest, I like to live here. Um, okay. And I like to be able to travel to other, like other places. I do love. Okay. I love just because of everything that it's got. Yeah, you do love London. To be fair, I'm not so much of a fan, but fair play. Um, got two more. Which country is the best value for your money to travel in? I think for what you get and what you can do, probably Thailand. Yeah, um, cheaper places, but I don't think the variation and the amount of things that you can do and experience is the same. Mm-hmm. Things like Laos or Cambodia is cheaper, um, but I don't think you do quite as many things. If you just wanted to go for a beach holiday or something like, they would be so cheap. Yes, like Cambodia, for example. But I think for what you can get and stuff and what, what you can do, I'd say Thailand for sure. Okay. Lastly, what would you say to someone who's thinking about going traveling of why they should? In a few lines. You have to. It just you have to because it's it's everything. It's why it's why we why you alive. Like to experience things and to do things and it, it, like why do you work? What do you want to do with that money? Like yeah. What, do you want to have? Do you want to like live or do you want to just work for? No, you know, just have a house or whatever. Cool, boring. <laughs> and if you're fine with that, then that's cool. Then don't bother going because it's not for you. Yeah, that, that's probably another podcast for, about. The materialistic side of why you do something i am the opposite materialistic i don't own anything i don't have anything yeah but i've lived with experience really so um yeah I, but i don't get people who want to just work to own a house it's a it's a strange mentality for me but some people love it i do i do get the the um the benefits of owning a house i mean if someone gave me one right now I'd like, I'd <laughs> <laughs> but no it's definitely not a priority yeah sure. it's quite refreshing to hear that because a lot of people do think it's a priority um, but they seem to get you locked in for 30 years and that. So if you're happy with that. Then you're dead. <laughs> yeah. And then no one sells the house, no one uses the money, and you die. Oh, yeah, that's worth it. And then you sit on to someone else who's going to do the same thing. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll end on a quote. I've got, I don't know if you've got a quote or not. I've got a travel quote for you. Because yeah, um, I, didn't, I didn't prefer one. <laughs> <laughs> Standard button that. Let's do this one. It says, travel makes one modest. You see what a tiny place you occupy in the world. I like that. Gustav Flaubert. Don't pronounce the name right. I I'd agree with that. Um, I think that's it kind of makes it kind of makes sense what you said before. But, but yeah, when when people say you, you 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 change when you travel, hopefully you change for the better, and you start to see the world more as like what value there is in other people and other cultures and all those kinds of things where yeah. rather than sitting in your own bubble thinking that that's all there is yes yeah. being i heard a, the the phrase casually contemptuous the other day oh in a podcast and yeah. i realized i do it and it's something that i was like oh i i probably should stop doing that you know you hear 
someone's doing something and you're like, well, that's weird. Why are they doing that? Yeah. Or opening your eyes and being like, actually, there is a reason why they're doing it because why would they be doing it otherwise? <laughs> that, that's mental. <laughs> so Fair really point. That kind of goes against what I said about people getting houses, but no. Well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I'm, I mean, you can, you can I, I'm thinking more of things like things that you do and you're, you've not you've thought about that and you've thought about the reasons mm. and benefits that whereas if you're casually contemptuous you're just like off the cuff no, not interested this is stupid why are they doing it yeah and i think travel really helps with that kind of thing as well like makes you sort of see things for the value that they actually have and i think going traveling if you're on your own or in a group or just with uh, friends and you think you might not like it you, you can only benefit from it because you might just learn something that you didn't know before yeah. And whether you're on your own for a bit, you learn something about yourself, or if you're with a group, you meet some new friends and it's great. Like, there's no negative about it. It's no, only a positive. The worst thing that happens is you realise you don't want to do it. You fly home. Cool. It, it take, yeah, if you're in Southeast Asia and you're hating it, you get to Bangkok or Singapore, you're home within 12, 14 hours, done. Yeah. You've not lost anything. You're like, cool, I know I didn't need to do that again. Yeah. I can just move on and do something different. Yeah, so that's yeah. in a nutshell why people should go. Absolutely. Okay, we'll wrap it up there. Cheers for coming on, mate. I think we're going to do, if you want, some more for our other parts of the travel. We've got New Zealand, Australia, and Fiji that we need putting to touch on at some other point. So I'm sure we'll get those on record. Um, there's a lot of content here as well. I'm looking forward to getting this out there. So this will be out on Monday. Um, every Monday, without fail. But I might divide this up into one, two, or three parts. I, I need to assess the footage and then. Um, We'll see where it goes. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll... It was great to chat to you. Yeah, great to chat to you. Ciao. Thank you for listening to my Winging It podcast today. You can check out my website, jameshunting.org, for all the links to all the platforms for your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. There's also a newsletter sign up on my homepage for twice a week newsletters where I talk all things travel of my last 10 years. There's a contact form on the homepage for you to get in contact for anything you want to discuss to do with travelling. Please check out my YouTube channel, Winging It Podcast, where I release weekly content, all access podcast, and some live reaction. Don't forget to check out my Instagram page, James Hammond Travel, where I post daily about my last 10 years of travelling, travelling, and more travelling. Finally, please rate the podcast. I really appreciate it if you can rate it. Leave some comments. I love to read them. Stay safe, happy listening, happy reading, and be inspired.